Welcome to season two of the Pines and Perspectives podcast hosted by Wellhouse Church. This show understands that there is quite a bit of diversity amongst the body of Christ. So we operate according to the motto that certain things are fixed, like the essentials of faith, and the best beer is served on tap, while everything else is just a matter of perspective. It's cracking beer lovers. What's up? How's life? Hope life is going good for everyone. Um, so we are actually doing the same beer together today. Correct. Um, so I will probably, after the episode airs and I'm updating my spreadsheet, go and just synthesize both of our ratings um, and just kind of do like a midpoint um, to get a true rating of this beer. Um, and I will update y'all. You could also just rate it for both of us. We could do that. Um, but I was driving the other day and I noticed a billboard from Shiner. Um, yeah. That is a Texas brewery. Um, that we love. Oh yeah, we lo- Shiner Bach, like just the Bach Lager, might be my like just like favorite go to. Satisfied with it anytime. Oh, for sure. Yeah, Shiner Bach is an incredible beer. Oh yeah. Um, and if you're talking about like what would fit into the larger category of like quote unquote macro brews, yeah, it, it's Shiner all the way. Yeah, for sure. But they do get experimental. Like, that is what makes them different from most macro breweries like this. They do crazy stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, For sure, for sure. And this is one of them. And it's brand new. And I saw this billboard. And I immediately texted Cullen... Don't judge me for texting and driving. I know I shouldn't do it, but I, I had to tell him. You can do talk to text. It doesn't work well when you're... I know. Adam, sometimes I'll be on the phone with Adam. My best friend Adam uses talk to text all the time. Oh, side note. Um, Adam is going to be joining as the new co-host at some point. Yeah. Uh, he's been on several of our podcasts before, but Adam, Adam does talk to text so much that sometimes you'll be talking to him on the phone and he'll just say period at the end of his conversation because he's so used to doing talk to tech. Yeah, it, it's crazy. It doesn't work real well, so don't judge me. But I immediately picked up my phone and texted Cullen, um, Shiner has a new IPA. And he goes, what? No, yeah, I did. I was like, what? Shiner has a new IPA. I just saw a billboard. Google it. Um, and we were lucky enough that our local HEB had some they did. in the singles. So we are reviewing it for you guys today together because we love Shiner, we love IPA. Specifically, I love Hazy's. Yeah, you really do love Hazy's. I, I love Hazy's, but I just love any IPA. I love Hazy's, so I'm super excited. Um, so tell us about it. It is a... Hazy that is brewed with cactus water. Yeah, that's the element. That's what I'm excited about. It's going to be crisp and it's going to be nice. It's going to be amazing. Um, It is 8% ABV. Um, Oh. Yeah. Drink responsibly, kids. Um, So actually, better 
better clarification here. It is Spotsil Brewery in Shiner, Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the beer is Shiner, but it is actually Spotsil Brewery. Yeah. So better clarification there. Well, that's that's a, a Shiner distinction, not yeah. necessarily that beer distinction. Sure, it is a Shiner distinction. Um, and it says here on the can, it is a light, a light bending hazy IPA brewed with cactus water and featuring juicy, resinous, uh, strata hops. Resinous? Is that not what that word is? Oh, my sticker's covering mine. Can I see yours? Don't touch it with your warm fingers. Light bending. Wait, wait, come back. A light bending, hazy IPA brewed with cactus water and featuring juicy, oh, resinous strata hops. Yeah. Um, that's how I would say that word, too. I have no idea. I have no idea what they're trying to communicate with that word. No, I don't either. Resonance? I guess, well, I mean, I guess hops being in the cannabis family, it would have resin on it. If you do it fresh, I mean, well, fresh hops, fresh hops will have a residue on them, like you would get from any kind of cannabis um, product, cannabis or cannabis related adjacent hemp, CBD, any of them. They have this kind of like sticky residue on them. Mm. That is true. Maybe that is the resinous. Maybe, yeah, yeah. So it is the Desert Mirage Hazy IPA. They call it the Tex Hex. The Tex Hex. That's and right. And it's super cool. The can, the the art on the can is amazing. It is a cowgirl that is has like flames coming out of her eyes and is riding a horse with flames also coming out of its eyes. So I'm kind of getting this like witchy type vibe. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's yeah, kind yeah. of cool. Kind of like a lore element to it. Yep. Uh, all right, so you ready to get into these? Cheers, buddy. Cheers. Also, they are like, Ice cold. Yeah. Mine has like frost on the can. Oh, mine does too. Mm. The ice crystals. Oh, yeah. Ice chips in that can. That is delicious. That's money. <laughs> that is amazing. That is money. Um, golly, it helps that it's like real cold mm -hmm. but that cactus water oh it, it shows up it absolutely is crisp in that beer yeah that you actually get the like nopalitos flavor on the back end after everything kind of settles but initially it does present as very crisp um if i can be honest i think it's a very good beer I think it's probably going to get a high seven, possibly an eight from me. Um, but I want to wait because it's too cold for me to experience all the flavors right I, now. I agree. Um, I so do agree. So we want to we offer ratings at the end of the episode. Yeah, we just can't forget. When you yeah. go to land the plane. You're going to have, that's your only job is to help me remember <laughs> to, to score the beers. Okay. Okay, so this is going to be a pretty short episode. We are starting on salvation, and I want um, everybody to know that this will be a several-part series, but it won't be super detailed. It'll only be several parts because there's so many inner workings to a conversation about salvation. Yeah. But we have episodes from a soteriology 
series that we did and we have like six or eight episodes mm -hmm. because we have deification had two episodes that i did with ben blackwell we had two episodes on calvinism which mm -hmm. shout out to my friend andrew barrett somehow and all the things i had to say about calvinism we forgot to talk about providence which we did kind of but we, not explicitly no. um we didn't give it as much attention as we should have then we had like an episode or a couple episodes on arminianism mm -hmm. and then we did a couple episodes on uh the catholic, catholic soteriology. soteriology yeah so those do exist on this rss feed please go look those up if you have a question Excuse me. And if you have questions beyond those. Oh, for sure. Just reach out. Yeah, reach out. I'm happy to have any conversation. Clayton's willing to have any conversation. And, and if, if I don't can't know an answer, answer a question, I will yeah. point you to Cullen. <laughs> yeah. And if I can't answer a question, I got books that will answer the question. Yeah. Um, ben and Randy in the book Engaging Theology, they say this to start the chapter. At the most basic level... Christianity is a rescue religion. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that? I kind of love it. Um, and also hate it at the same time. It is this element that is rooted in the help that Jesus provides, but it's also more than a rescue because the element that the, if you say it is a rescue religion, it does become very Calvinistic and very reformed. Why? Um, in my mind, because if you're being rescued, you have no interaction in your rescue other than just being present for the rescue. It depends on what's rescue. Would you say that other countries have come to the rescue of Ukraine? They have came to the aid of Ukraine, but nobody has rescued them. No. It's also maybe because Ukraine didn't ask to be rescued, but fair point. I see I see the distinction you're trying to make. Um, continue. Anyways, I love the idea that we are being liberated in some way. However, me being, as I've mentioned on previous podcasts, kind of certain that I fall in the theosis category. I'm not making a stance on that fully, but kind of thinking that that's where I'm at. There is an element that you are participating in godness. So you are half, you would have to participate in your own rescue somehow. Does it make sense? Do you feel me? A little bit. Um, so I love and also hate that statement have mixed feelings. I see your point. Um, I love it. Okay. Love everything about it. Got no qualms, not a one okay. with it. Um, if we believe the story, Genesis one begins a story in which God creates the world. Once the world has been created and humanity is dwelling within it, the story says that humanity messed it up. Yeah. 
And then the rest of the story is God's actions trying to redeem it, to mm-hmm. rescue it, culminated in the message of Jesus. Yeah. So if it's a rescue religion, it's a rescue religion that was started by God, messed up by humans, and fixed by God. Yeah. That's a beautiful story. Love that. That's a, that's a story of deification. Yeah. That's a story that humans have been elevated to the place of divine because divine gave of divine self in order to elevate humans. Fair enough. That's a that's a very fair yes. Agreed. So I love it. The way they explain it is that God is setting things right after they've been broken by sin. Okay, cool. So... If we're having a conversation about salvation and we know that death is the problem. Right. So salvation is being saved from death. Correct. So that means that sin, according to Romans 5, sin leads to death or Mm -hmm. sin yields death. Mm Mm-hmm. So that means we need something, some element to counteract. We need, we need something in the formula. If salvation is salvation from death and sin leads to death, then we need something in the formula that is an element that leads to salvation. Correct. What would that formula be? Or what would that ingredient in the formula be? Grace. Grace. This is what Ben and Randy say. At the heart of this salvation is grace. Yes, that. Enough yeah, said. Agree. Grace. Grace, 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 grace abounds, grace abounds, grace, grace, and more grace. Always grace. Yeah. It has to be. Mm-hmm. Without grace, there's no salvation. For sure. So what is grace? Ooh, good question. Um, it's, it is this thing that God offers us to help us in our pursuit of divine likeness as we are trying to walk away from experiences of death. Okay. Let's try this another way. Okay. What does grace accomplish? It accomplishes salvation. Okay. How does it do that? By covering sin and death. Okay. Sin and death. Yes. So what's death? Death is anything that is not God in life. Okay. Yeah. So what's sin? Sin is this thing that is used to communicate us not us deviating from the path of godness yeah something like that yeah most people would say sin is missing the mark that god has established for humanity yeah i was trying to use a different way to phrase that because i was on this journey metaphor yeah the journey (laughs) metaphor is fine all metaphors break down some level yeah um So, 
if that's what sin and death are, and if grace is the thing needed to accomplish salvation, Mm -hmm. which is salvation from what? Death. Death. Great. So then grace forgives what? Grace forgives sin. Sin. Thank you. So, if sin is missing the mark, in order to really do this conversation justice about a conversation of sin and grace, which is the real conversation we're having to begin a conversation about soteriology, in a conversation of sin and grace, we need to have a conversation about total depravity. For sure. What is total depravity? That you are born into sin at the lowest point that you could be. You are totally depraved. There you go. I was like... 110% depraved. You are 120,000 million percent utterly depraved of anything good. Yes. Okay. Absolutely, totally removed from godness. Correct. (coughs) And this is called original sin. Yeah. The sin from Adam continues down through all of humanity. And so, Clayton, do you believe in total depravity? (laughs) I don't know, man. Um, I... So here's a disclaimer for all our new listeners and previous listeners and something that you should know about me in the future. I am going to take a whole lot less stances on lots of things because the further that we get into this podcast, the more I realize I don't know know. (laughs) So I am just kind of like... I have lots of things to say about lots of things, but I don't know Jack. (laughs) I love it. I feel the same way. The more shit I learned, the more questions I got. (laughs) So I just don't know, man. Um, Depends on the day. Yeah, I feel that. Um, Some days I wake up feeling like a shitty human being and I'm like, yeah, I'm totally depraved. (laughs) Yeah, I feel that. And then other days I'm like, nah, you know what? I think I kind of started on this neutral playing field. Yeah. So I don't know. Okay. So in a conversation about sin and grace, Randy and Ben want us to have this conversation within the confines of St. Augustine and a guy named Pelagius, who is a contemporary of him. Yeah. I want, let me say, Pelagius is condemned as a heretic. Right. Okay. So, however, Plagius got some good points. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just reading the Bible too. So, and it's also important to remember that Augustine begins in the, uh, like a philosophical school called Manichaeism. Um, which was a very strange version of Gnosticism. Yeah. Um, 
And it wasn't like mainstream either. And so remember, Gnosticism is dualistic. Right. The material world is bad. The, the spiritual and immaterial is, is good. good. Right. 100% dualism. There's yeah. no gray area. There's no ifs, ands, buts about it. Right. Augustine takes that black and white approach to his Christian theology. Right. So original sin is total corruption. Right. Total depravity. There's no good in any human being. Okay. Why is that a problem? That there's no good in any human being mm -hmm. because it completely negates the image of God. Is that really the problem? That it negates the image of God? That the well, the that the human was created in the image of God and God called that good. Image and likeness. There you go. Yeah. That's the real problem. Fair enough. The image part, the bearing the image of God is not actually a problem for total right, depravity. But the image it's and the likeness. likeness. It's the natural bend of humanity to be in pursuit of divinity. Sure. Augustine doesn't have that. Original sin, total depravity, wipes all of that out. And so grace is the only way in which these, like the scales can be rebalanced. Right. So because of that, you have elements that sin totally takes over a person yep. and grace fixes the problem. Sure. Pelagius doesn't believe that. Hmm. Pelagius thinks that's quite problematic because God has asked someone to do something that God has not given them the tools to do. Yeah. If, this is what Ben and Randy say about Pelagius in this. Pelagius believed that God gave grace to humans before he asked them to respond to God. But he thought of grace as the standard equipment all humans possess, something inerrant, inerrant in the created order. Suffering from sin and evil circumstances does not disable or excuse the human family because God gives people freedom of choice and a moral conscience. Each person should be able to do what God tells them to do. So the Ten Commandments and the teachings of Jesus are achievable instructions for living. He argues that God would not command something humans could not do. So, the short way to say this is that Pelagius considered sin to be a shortcoming or maybe a wrongdoing, whereas Augustine saw sin as an utter corruption to the existence of humanity. Yeah. It's more nuanced than this oversimplification, and this is why I referred you to the other episodes we had. You could go listen to all of those, and we would have a similar conversation to this. But Pelagius used, and they don't talk about it here, but Pelagius used... Um, oh, they do actually. It's not exactly the same uh, metaphor, but this is a pretty good one. For Pelagius' view, they say two images help us understand the crucial conversations about human struggle with sin. Pelagius' view of the life of faith is like a person seeking weight loss. He says they just need to break away from bad examples and environments and make 
the tough choices to reform their life. Augustine views the life of faith more like recovery from drug addiction and mental illness. In these great afflictions, victims testify that recovery is not a matter of willpower. Such a victim is not in charge of their faculties and needs serious intervention. Effective external help is required to restore responsible behavior. So the difference here between Pelagius' view of sin and grace and Augustine's view of sin and grace is that the human cannot attain grace on their own. Right. In Augustine's perspective. Right. In Pelagius' perspective, sin, sin is not death for a human. So like Ephesians would say, you were dead in your sin. Right. Pelagius would not affirm that. Pelagius would say sin is a sickness mm. of which we can borderline cure ourselves of because God has asked us to, and we're made in the image and likeness of God. And so we have the capacity within ourselves to pursue divine likeness. And that's an experience of grace. So what Pelagius would say, remember Pelagius is a heretic. Pelagius would say that the metaphor for sin and grace are like a bird that has a rock tied to its ankle. Mm -hmm. The bird being the human and the rock being sin. When you first tie the rock to the bird, the bird is not strong enough to fly away with the rock still attached. But if the bird works, if the bird trains, if the bird pursues a goal, divine likeness, you know, however you want to frame that metaphor, then that bird will eventually fly even with the weight of that rock without anyone intervening. Right. That's the difference between these two arguments. So why is Pelagius confirmed, like called a heretic in this? Because if you can save yourself, why do you need Jesus? Fair enough. If Jesus is the author of life, if Jesus, if it's truly, if Jesus is the truth, the way, and the life, and no one gets to the Father except through me, it's John 14, then Pelagius can't be correct. Right. Because then you have no need for Jesus. You have no need for any kind of salvific like element at all. So you end up losing the the need for the resurrection. Well, you end up losing the need for a savior. Right. You're your own savior. Mm. Um, which puts you on the same like playing field as God. Mm -hmm. Which the problem with this comes into a conversation about pantheism and panentheism. Mm-hmm. Pantheism is a belief that God is everything. Right. Panentheism is the belief that God is in everything. Right. The in in panentheism actually really matters. Right. Um, Pelagius would probably be a pantheist. Okay. You have no need for the divine. The difference is... In that day and age, I don't think anybody was really thinking about Mother Earth like in a like a cosmological deity element. Mm -hmm. And so Pelagius had like a, a transcendent deism. Okay. Like God was up there and that's fine. That's cool. He like set this crap in motion. But God already gave us all the things we need to save ourselves. I see. Okay. Um, I'm tracking. Whereas today we still have that, but it's not a transcendent God. Right. It's an imminent one. Right. And we call it pantheism. Right. That God is everything. And because God is everything, God is also me. And so God's already given me the grace I need to overcome sin and death. I see. 
This is why he's condemned as a heretic. I got you. Because it takes away the need for Jesus. I, I was just curious because a lot of it honestly did make a lot of sense and logically reason. Oh, it's very logical. It's very reason forward, and it makes a lot of sense. It, it really does, and it kind of seems like it could be a conversation partner with deification. Oh, only if you were going to put it, yeah, 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 but yeah, yeah, oh, but see. See, like in, in a very loose way. Well, it's not, well, it's not loose because you're not thinking about the way that that element impacts all of it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it, uh, that's a conversation, that, that's for next week. Okay. Um, because we're going to continue. This is probably going to be three episodes, if I had to guess, to talk about all these elements. that Because they do covenant theology, uh-huh. which we that's probably what we're going to do next week. Cool. Um, we, need to, we need to rate beers. We do we need to rate though. beers. All right. How you feel? How, how much do you have left? I have about probably a third left. Uh, I've got probably about two-thirds left, actually. Oh, okay. Um, I'm sitting at like an 8-1. Yeah, okay. Eight one five. I'm comfortable with an eight one five. Yeah, I think golly, I think seven eight seven eight's like a monster score. Um, if you didn't know, I think like just the average beer, like the good quality beer, is a six eight. Mm. I'd rate Shiner Bach as a six eight. Like it's a good quality. Miller Lite. <laughs> it's like, what you, what you get is what you get. Like, if yeah. you know what you're getting, 6'8". Like, it's good. Um, everything starts at 6'8 for me, and it goes up or down from there. This, this, Golly. This is, uh, like, on par with one of, with some of my favorite hazies. So, I'm, like, sitting Ooh. up high. I think because of the unique element of the cactus water, it's putting it up there for me. Maybe. Maybe I that's love, a fair. I love that like Nopalitos thing on the back end that's happening for me. <laughs> you keep calling it Nopalitos because that's what it is. Nopalitos I mean, means little cactus. It does Nopal. Mean yeah, Nopal is what you're actually talking about. But I mean, yeah, but like that's yeah. Anyways, that that like little bit of cactus on the back. That's what I'm trying to communicate. Just that like little bit back there. It's not mm-hmm. overpowering. Yeah. But it yeah. Nopalitos doesn't mean little bit. It literally it means, means little small cactus. cactus. It yeah. means small cactus. I understand. But that like a little bit on the back end that's like just kind of hanging back there. It's not a lot. It's not overpowering. And it's playing really well with the hot blend. It Yeah. So I do get what you're saying. And the hazy element with the cactus water. Like, so listener, you need to think quintessential hazy IPA flavors and like... Um, the way the hops are coming forward in hazy. Like, you need to think yeah. all of that. But you also need to think, like, light refreshment from cactus or coconut water. Like, mm-hmm. any kind of natural water mm-hmm. that's embodied in some kind of agriculture. Yeah. Um, some kind it, of fruit. Yeah, it really is something different. And I agree with you. There is something to that cactus flavor on the back end that adds to the element of the hazy that is very different. It it is absolutely very different. And if you're if you're giving extra points on creativity, agreed. 
I am giving extra points on creativity because I like it. Yeah. If it was a creative <laughs> thing that I didn't <laughs> like, I would take points <laughs> off. <laughs> Remember, beer is subjective. Beer Palettes is subjective. are subjective. Theology is subjective. And that's why in conversations of salvation, there is so many different elements to have conversations about. That's why we call this podcast Pints, Pints and, and Perspective. Thanks for listening to the Pints and Perspectives podcast hosted by Wellhouse Church. Be sure to give us a rating and a review if you enjoyed the episode. It's free and it helps us immensely. Also, feel free to check out our other podcasts.